Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Um, I'm getting better. For some reason this show helps uh, get my mindset back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> helps you lick your wounds? A little bit, yeah. It fills me with optimism again. Well, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. How are you doing? You had a hell of a week. Oh, thank you for asking. I did. I, I had a, a, a hell of a week. Uh, closing out some trades last week from last week poorly at the beginning of the week made it so um, I'm just slightly up. But uh, mm. I ended the week with a huge, uh, just just consecutive win after win after win. It was like like I had the Midas touch or something. But nice. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Folks, we're so glad you're here. Come on into the shop. Sit back. Relax. Hedge against the rage machine with us today. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way in a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains, making money, and cutting losses, and quit losing money. <laughs> so if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, uh, you might get lost a little bit in the vocabulary. You can always check out our Knowledge Center on FinancialNeptitude.com. we got some, some good basic uh, pages up there for you. Or you can give one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have links to all, to all those in the episode description. Uh, but we think the best place to be is on our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day. It's it's really all, just awesome place to be, hanging out, talking to our, talking stocks, posting charts. Just a, a, a general fun time and, and easy way to learn. You can ask any questions you like, and we'll, we always answer them thoroughly, probably more. Probably not correctly, but we try to answer them. <laughs> We, yeah, we answer them based on what we've learned so far. So. You'll get an answer. <laughs> You'll get an answer. That's all we can promise. <laughs> oh, right, right. If, and when you do join that server, send us a private message or email with your mailing address, and we'll send you a smash-it-yourself mug straight from the shop. Uh, oh, yeah, we got shot glasses, too. So get smashed in the shop. Yep, your choice. We have a lot of fun, and it's always better with friends. Uh, so, Kyle, any, any show news? Coming up? Uh, let's see. We've got the Trade Pro interview that we're doing where we get to be on their show. Uh, we don't have a date yet for that. I think we're going to try and do that next weekend. Yeah. I think, I think you were leading those discussions. Uh, and then the other exciting one was uh, D-Chain's Edmund McCormick. Their team reached out to us a couple days ago to try to set up an interview. So we're working on trying to get him scheduled too. Yes. Don't have any times yet for that, but we'll keep everyone updated as we do figure that out. That all sounds great. I'm really excited to be on George's show. Ah, me too. It's going to be a fun time. going to be a fun time. If you haven't heard his show, it's a, a Mind Over Markets podcast. Yeah. Uh, a lot, lot of great, great psychology stuff on there. Yeah, it focuses more on the trading psychology. But uh, as we've learned, that seems to be where the majority of the gains to be made <laughs> uh, seemed a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the hard part of the game, right? Yep. So, thanks again for joining us. We got lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Google Ads not clicked. <laughs> <laughs> So reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, and the Discord. Uh, or if you're old school, just send us an email. The number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. That's two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or you can always uh, just make a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you found an orphan baby. And it's your quest to take her to the nearby ferry and give her up for safekeeping. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. I, I wasn't yeah. listening. I, I... Oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Wait, was it uh, Fern Gully? No, that was Willow. Willow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't no. listening. <laughs> Uh, no, because we had a message that I wanted to read. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes, this was from Jeremy. Uh, he reached out and asked if we were still interested in CellSci CVM, even though uh, the directors are under investigation for securities fraud. He's asking our thoughts on that. Mm. So, uh, messaged him back, asked him you know, what exactly he was seeing. It looks like there's a law firm that's opening up an investigation. Uh, it's not like the SEC is charging them, which is kind of what I told them. I think we saw this with more recently Virgin Galactic Space, uh, and then a little bit before that, I saw it pop- happen with uh, Alibaba when their stock tanked. Seems like any time a stock drops a lot, um, there's going to be a law firm that opens up an investigation. Mm. So that doesn't concern me. Uh, if the SEC was investigating, that might be a cause for a lot more concern. Yeah, I would have sold already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm still liking it. It doesn't seem like it's quite found bottom yet, but it's definitely slowing down its decline. So I'll maybe trying to scoop up some here too in the near future. We keep talking about that, but uh, I did see that Geert, uh, the CEO, did have an, uh, a 4K filing to purchase a bunch more shares at $8 a share. So yeah, still like CVM for the long-term prospects. Not necessarily sure I want to go adding more yet at this point. I want to see that volume come in and uh, kind of support that price. Yeah. See it kind of you know going the right direction. Yeah. I've kept my shares through the whole ordeal. I have too, and that was because I panic held. <laughs> that seems to be a theme for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I lost so much, and I don't think the company's going away, and it is still, like, when I read their drug trial stuff, I still believe in it. I do too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but I don't see how you can read that data and get. Because that was the other part of the post that he shared was like it leads off with their failed cancer drug like mm, i don't think they read the the filings <laughs> it just looks like spin yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna add any more to it because where i'm going with my own trading strategy but i'm not letting go i only have two long terms from the ones i was trading i should say yeah i only have two that i'm holding on to and they're both uh, medical companies with a drug coming out so mm. I, I believe that drugs will drive prices, and uh, that's why I'm, you know, why I like to trade pot stocks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got a great drug. Yeah. People are going to buy it. Yes, they do. All right, Kyle. Uh, we're we're talking stocks now. We didn't. We haven't even gone over the bet results. Uh, well, I think you get to go first. Oh shit! Do I? I think so. Did you lose? Did you lose money this week? Yes. Okay, then you can go first. All right. My bet pick was. IHRT, I-H-R-T, IHRT Radio. Uh, they opened up at $25.92, and they were doing well for a couple days, up just above 26 but they, along with a lot of things in the market this week, decided to fall, fall, baby, fall. So mm-hmm. I got stopped out at twenty-five twenty. Mm, not too bad though could have been worse not too bad right it actually really could have been worse because i only lost 14 dollars and change my new bet total is so i went i went from 507 dollars 24 cents down to 493.15 i had cnp center point energy i think that is mm-hmm. okay so cnp opened at 2535 and closed the week at 2559 so that took my bet total up to four hundred and ninety dollars and forty three cents from last <sighs> week's total of four eighty five eighty three. Oh shit! I had almost a whole five dollars, but I didn't lose. Right, we're so close. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, and then random had a horrible week. Uh, HQY opened at seventy nine, closed the week at seventy four ninety seven. So Random's total is sitting in last place where it belongs at $472.71. We are within $3 of each other. Yeah, it's going to be a close month. Uh, That might start happening the better we get at reading stock charts. Uh, Especially if we actually put stop losses in where we won't lose our capital. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, Speaking of bet results... uh, Okay, so... Uh, Marge, I call her Marge in my notes because Margaret's too long to type. Uh, let's see where we are. We're, we're chapter three. Yeah, I'm going to go get a drink while you do this. I don't have to listen to it. (laughs) 
you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Go get a drink, and I'll... I'll talk about... Go ahead. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Or... I can just do one big update when I finish the book. Give me the 60-minute recap. Or 60-second recap. 60-second recap. Her dad almost cuts off his hand mowing grass, so I guess that dude Moose is going to be around now. Uh, she, All the girls are obsessed about boobs. They, make, they all go get bras. Uh, her mom starts visiting her, uh, and, and, and she starts a project in school to... to own religion, so she starts going to temple with their grandma, but she just gets bored and counts people's hats and the different types of hats. Apparently, the girl with big boobs is uh, ostracized, and she can't. She feels like she can't even talk to her without anybody coming down on her, so she doesn't. And they all think that their male teacher is really into the girl with big boobs. That, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh no. There's even a scene with where they like, they're all sitting in a circle, like doing exercises for all their pecs, going, "I must, I must, I must, I must decrease my bust." Like that shit's in the book. It's <laughs> apparently young girls are obsessed with boobs. I don't know more so than young guys. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> and at a younger age. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> News yeah. to me. All right. Thanks for keeping that short, Dan. Uh, last You're thing welcome. to cover here, real quick, is the poll results from last week. Uh, last week we asked which worried you more anti-competition among big tech or the hoarding of consumer data and people sided with you dan 62.5 percent said anti-competition and the rest said consumer data yeah i don't consider my data to be valuable and that might be me ranking my own self-worth but uh yeah i don't it take my data i don't give a shit what what, what does it affect my day-to-day life <laughs> Uh, it just feels gross. It's like an invasion of privacy. It's like someone coming in, snooping in your underwear drawer. But I grew up as the youngest of five kids know, in, a, in a house where nothing, nobody had privacy. Right. So, like, I've never, I've never really grown to enjoy those types of things. Like, it just never happened for me. I mean, I had to share a room with my brother, so maybe you think that it not having privacy would make you value it even more. Hmm. I guess that comes down to our different personality types, right? I guess so. Hmm. Get out of hmm. my head. Interesting. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. I guess that means it's time to talk about some news. All right. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back. We got some market affairs. Get some stories for the fools and the bears. Clowns running companies Laws change overnight Here we are It's time for China Shop News Yeah now It's time for China Shop News I, I honestly, obviously I think the big news is the Fed And inflation and the markets All shaking things up um, I assume you're talking about the, the good cop, bad cop thing that went on Yes Why don't you go ahead and talk about that first, because mine kind of backs up your story. Okay. All right. So, uh, Jerome Powell, the the chairman of the Federal Reserve, comes out, and he's like, inflation's evolving. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for months they've been like, forces boosting inflation are transitory. It's temporary. Technically, everything's temporary. Right? (laughs) So, So is my time on this planet. Yes. So... He he's like, yeah, inflation's running above its target, but we don't. We're not worried. We're not going to do anything about it right now because it's transitory. And then, like you know, later on in the day, Friday, Yellen comes out. Like, no, Powell came out like three times, twice, at least twice this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he also was out Wednesday saying the same thing. Like, inflation's temporary. We're not worried. We're not doing anything about it. Right. And then Yellen comes out, Janet Yellen fucking uh saying like this isn't a one month phenomenon like this is this is gonna happen for a while like (laughs) (laughs) there goes the party yeah yeah sorry folks like we're keeping an eye on inflation but we don't expect it to to drop down anytime soon okay so who is powell is the fed chair yes and then who's yellen the treasury secretary okay so who reports to who I assume Powell reports to Janet. Yes. Okay. So why aren't they on the same page? The well, he I should say reports to 
might mean something different to each of us because uh, Treasury Secretary is an uh, upper senior presidential administration cabinet member. But the Federal Reserve is independently elected and that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they work they work in concert with each other. They they work together. Still, they should be on the same page, right? And it, it makes me think. It makes me wonder if they, if you know, why first called it good cop, bad cop. Like, are they are they trying to you know ease us into the bad news and not shock the system and have too big of a a drop in the markets? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. I don't know. I, I get more scared when people can't agree on what's happening because that means they have no fucking idea. Yeah, and no, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of inflation, um, I was looking at the latest consumer price index report, and uh, it's showing that inflation has surged. Uh, let's see, what was the numbers they used? Five point four percent from the previous year. Uh, the numbers from June. It's the largest jump since August of two thousand and eight, and I'm sure you remember what happened then, Dan. Oh, August 2008. Yes. Yes, I remember. I got a new car. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even if you strip out like the volatile food and energy prices, the core CPI still rose 4.5%, which is the highest move since September of 1991, and well above the 3.8% estimate. On a monthly basis, uh, prices rose 9% or 0.9% against a half percent estimates. So, yeah, inflation's really starting to become a scary thing right now. And I think we're starting to see the markets really react to that. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about it a while. I mean, Dr. Hans was talking about it. Like, nobody wants to be the one to say the party's over. Let's just keep partying. Well, I mean, I think you brought it up. The the key point to say that this wasn't going away was the fact that we printed all this money. I mean, what was it, 20% of all the money that's ever existed was printed in 2020? Is that the, the stat you had? Oh, I, I'd have to look at the chart. It, we jumped from 16 to 20-something. So, like, we increased yeah, the, the total money. So, we, we increased the, yeah, yeah, we increased the, yeah, we just printed so much money, more money than we've ever. You can't do that with that long-term consequences. I mean, that's just. It catches up to you, right? Yes, yes. It, how could it not? So, yeah, um, yeah, I might be looking at, uh you know, September puts or something like long dated just to help protect the left of my portfolio. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what I've been doing is trying to get good at uh, buying puts, mm-hmm. get good at spotting the downtrends on charts and, and going forward, like my trading strategy and I'll get more into it in trading, but yeah, I want to, I want to be looking for just as many bear opportunities as bull opportunities. Well, I think that's where we're going to find the most opportunities now at this point. Is we definitely have to be open to, to looking for those. Right. When you find your trends and you've identified what you're hoping to be a breakout, you know, go ahead and look at the, the lower ends and find where those supports could drop to because if it breaks your trend to the downside, there's opportunity to be made there too. Yeah, and and the opposite's true as well. I was looking at if if you listen, especially if you listen to the George interview, I was looking for the downside of Disney. Oh, this is all. This all needs to be talked about later, though. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. It, 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 when it comes up, you know, yeah, I, I yeah, like to yeah. mention it. All right. Anyway, uh, uh, is it time for another one of my stories? Um. Well, let me throw in this China one here real quick too. Oh yeah, yeah. This one was kind of shocking. I don't know if you saw that. China's economic growth is now, uh, let's see, for the second quarter was like half of the previous. Holy shit. Economic, let me reread that. China's economic growth more than halved in the second quarter from a record expansion in the first three months of the year. Oh, so they did all their growing in one spurt. Yeah, and then they decided to stop, it looked like. (laughs) Uh, They blamed uh, slowing manufacturing activity, higher raw material costs, and new COVID-19 cases weighing on the recovery momentum. Ouch. Growth slow. Let's see. It was eighteen point three percent January through March, and it was seven point nine percent April through June. I mean, they're still growing, so I guess it's not. <laughs> Things like to return to the average, you know. Yeah, regression to the mean. I think it's just their their growth correcting from the the surge. I wonder if that has anything to do with why the Chinese stocks all seem to have been taking a hit. Oh, I think I think it's Chinese regulations and and, and international diplomacy. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it is all just based on what's happening in the Chinese economy. But I feel like all that extra stuff layered in. Well, you throw all that in together, and I guess they're all gonna kind of, you know, work together. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I found that shocking. China grinding to a halt. Well, the headline was shocking. I guess when you see that it was at eighteen percent the previous three months, it's not quite as shocking as you thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm not going to lie, like, 7% growth in a quarter for your whole economy is a lot. It's still pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else you got? I got a thing that, uh, I got two things that go along with Virgin Galactic. I know it's your baby that you, you, you follow very greatly, but I came across two things and I was like, Woo, SPCE! The first one was that apparently in 2014, The Simpsons did a, have a clip of Richard Branson floating in space, hanging out yeah. in, in his space plane. <laughs> when was it? 2014. Okay, that's not as impressive as it seems. Yeah? Well, the company's been around for 17 years. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to put a billionaire in space, that would be the logical one to pick. I guess, yeah, I guess they're saying, like, we believe in you, Richard Branson, which is nice because of all the billionaires racing to space, he's my favorite. I mean, hell, he might have actually paid them to do it. That's true. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know that. Oh, fuck. I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's good. Because why not? If you're Richard Branson, you got a ton of money, you're like, you know what would be funny? Put me in space. They're like, I don't know. And you're like, I'll buy fucking $2 million of ad from Fox. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. What was your uh, what was the other story you had? Uh there is a cruise line that is offering a uh re- I should say Regent 7 Seas Cruises has offered a cruise, a 132 night world cruise that sold out in 3 hours. The prices of this cruise, Kyle? Hmm. The cheapest tickets were $73,500. Oof. The most expensive ones were $200,000. Does it go to space? No, it, uh. it's 132 nights around the world. So in the midst of giant inflation, market crashing, shit going on, haywire, dogs, cats together as friends, total pandemonium. <laughs> Rich people are buying luxury experiences and buying them very fast. So I predict Virgin Galactic will make a shit ton of money flying rich people to space, no matter what the economy is doing. Um. God, I, there's like a whole group of people that actually like live on cruise ships instead of going to like retirement homes or nursing homes because you got access to like healthcare and room and board. Your meals are all taken care of. Oh, wow, that's I didn't think about that. And that price doesn't seem that far off of like what it would cost to because that's almost half the year, right? 132. So it's one one third of a year. Okay, so one third it might be a little. So high. it's like a luxury retirement yeah. community, right? Uh, man, you missed the big space news, which is what tanked the stock, too. Oh, yeah. You know, go ahead. The half-million-dollar filing that they, uh... Yeah, they announced another... Looking to raise another $500 million to fund the development of their space fleet, so that's going to be another offering. More share dilution. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're offering shares. They want to sell $500 million worth of shares, so... On the positive side of it, though, um... I mean, for one, they're raising the money to build out their fleet, which means they're getting closer to commercial operations. So that's that's good for the long term. Short term, nah, not so much. But they also did reaffirm that there's two more test flights to be happening in summer and late summer. So that okay. probably means, what, August? Maybe into September? So there should be two more catalysts coming up that can help, hopefully, uh, give that stock the much-needed jolt get it back up into the 40s so i can sell it <laughs> i don't know kyle i have a friend who's bought this on the dip many times very successfully uh, yeah i was doing that for quite some time <laughs> but <laughs> the problem is i haven't sold any of them because they're uh, we'll talk about that later all right all right all yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> oh we keep trying to talk about stock trades kyle i know we might as well just go into it huh Unless you got anything else, I don't have any more news stories. Let's just talk about some stock stuff. All right. Well, first, I've got to I've got to tell everybody uh, the secret sauce behind the China shop. Oh, what makes it go? Yeah, go ahead and crank that volume up because I'm going to whisper. No, I'm not going to whisper. <laughs> uh, Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. 
Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. With over 20 years of experience, she's helped thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage. Sue will help. She's licensed in 26 states and growing, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com for all your mortgage needs. And I think, I think we're affiliates with somebody, aren't we, Kyle? Some, somebody. We are. Somebody that teaches how to how to read charts and work the market. We are. Tell us about them, Dan. Oh, oh, well. I don't have a script. <laughs> I didn't type up a script for this. That's why I was throwing it to you. Oh, oh, that's why you're trying to make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> we are proud affiliates with Trade Pro Academy. They are a uh, learning course school for learning how to become a stock trader, not necessarily an investor, but an active trader, how to read charts, how to time your entry and your exit, how to do a good job. Uh, They explain everything very clearly. They've got a great community and uh, we, we, Kyle and I really enjoy having all of them on the show. Enjoy having them on the show. We've also taken the classes ourselves. I think you finished the foundations. I just finished the foundations course this morning. Yes. Um, yeah, it's making a huge difference in the in our execution, I could say. Yeah, stay tuned to the next segment, and you'll hear all about it. <laughs> so, yes, we are affiliates with uh, Trade Pro Academy. There will be an affiliate link in the description. You can click to check out their courses and offerings. Uh, we get a commission if you do choose to purchase any of those, so it's a great way to help support the show and help yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. All right, Kyle. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, all this crazy crazy action we've had all week. All right. All right, all right, all right. Oh, sorry. I should be more Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Creepy. Uh, Kyle, I crushed it this week. (laughs) Oh, my God, you did. But I feel like since you have less to talk about, you should lead us off. Well, um, let's see. I actually do have some stuff to talk about uh, as far as stocks go. I might as well jump into space and talk about the blunder that happened there. Yeah. I had so many covered calls going on them that I was basically locked into where I couldn't close them out without closing out those other contracts that I had open, which I very easily could have done. But I mean, the volatility was still super high on it. And I was actually selling more as it kept going down, thinking for sure that this thing's going to rebound. It's going to rebound. It's going to, it's got to rebound. Uh, now it's sitting at 30 bucks and hasn't even showed signs of rebounding yet. So uh, yeah, panic, panic holding for the win uh, is basically what ended up happening there. Uh, I did manage to sell some very juicy covered calls, but considering the stock was trading at what over 40 when I sold them uh, and now it's trading at 30, the, you know, 700 to 500 i was making for each of those uh pales in comparison to the losses on the stock and to make matters even worse is i'll be getting another set of shares put to me uh tomorrow morning once uh the options contract settle up oh well yeah (laughs) um i do want to say with amc i learned that selling the calls like super in the money if if you're trying to write it down yeah selling it super in the money is the way to go because you'll, it doesn't match dollar for dollar, but it comes close. Uh, yeah, it's and you get a little bit extra, but the problem is you don't get nearly as much of the volatility because all that kind of tapers off the deeper in the money you get. It becomes more driven off the actual price. Well, that, yeah, that's that's what yeah. I'm saying. Is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is is you don't you don't gain any money, but you don't really lose. You only lose a tiny bit. So it's kind of like, yeah, I rode the stock down, but I didn't. My portfolio didn't really drop all that much. Yeah, yeah, I should have done some of that. But I was, I don't know, I was just convinced myself that it was going to bounce. Yeah, it's hard to fight that internal bias. Now I'm committed. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like me and CVM. And I was kicking myself last week thinking, like, fuck, I should have bought some puts just to, mm-hmm. just to have them, just to be on the safe side. Because, uh, yeah, they're just too much of a position now at this point. Uh, anyway, so that's what happened with space. Like I said, we still have two more catalysts coming up, so at least got some positive uh, news potential on the horizon here for the next two months or so. I do have... Should I just go through all my moves then, basically? Is that what you're saying? I say go go through the big ones. I mean, you don't have to go through every single one, but the meaningful ones. I closed out some stuff for the puts... Uh, that I had open that were like close to expiring in the money just to make sure I didn't get hit with any more. Um, there was quite a few that are expiring in the money, so I'm going to be getting a lot of shares put to me in a lot of different stocks. Uh, Palantir, uh, almost purple, but I closed that one out. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Saber, Sonos, Westwater Resources, get another 600 shares of that. Uh, yeah, so my account balance is going to be pretty much at zero, uh, come Monday morning. Wow. The other, let's see. So I did also go through and I tried to define my trading plan. Uh, let me grab the overview of that real quick. Uh, okay. So basically I'm going to limit myself to three open trades per week or basically at any time. Right. So if, I have a position right now on CNP, which was my bet pick that I'm leaving open because it's profitable at this point. Uh, so that counts as one. So I can open two more. If I want to open another one, then I'm going to have to close one of them out in order to take another position somewhere else. Mm. Uh, I've also decided to limit myself to three losses in a week. So if I lose three times, uh, I'm done for the week. If I lose eight times in a month, then I'm done for the month. Now, the whole idea behind this is that I'm trying to create scarcity in my trading. I want to make sure that I'm just picking the very best one. So I want to stop when I'm looking at something that looks appealing and be like, uh, that looks good, but uh, I've already got two positions now. If I open this one, then now I can't open another one. So creating scarcity with your trades, I think, was one of the main things that uh, TradePro, the lessons taught you to, to, to make sure that you're not over trading. That's there's definitely yeah. a problem there, right? Yes. I think we both had that problem quite often. <laughs> I, I've been there many times. I think three is a little small, but... Uh, I think so too, but I'm going to start, start with somewhere. that. Yeah. And then yeah. if I have to adjust that, then... Because I'm also trying to focus right now on swing trading. Right. So, like, a couple week positions, which might make the show a little boring, so I may have to create another set of rules for day trading, and then try <laughs> to learn that too, but probably a much smaller size just so more for learning rather than you know actually trying to make money <laughs> um, right <clears throat> so the three moves that i had for this week uh, i had that saber position that i left open uh, that finished out the money and lost uh, i also had risk management going too so for any options positions my maximum risk is 300 dollars. Uh, that was a 200 dollars risk so well within that um for shares, I try to keep it at 200. So for my CNP shares, I bought them at 25.20, and I put my stop at 24.20. So that means I can buy 200 shares to keep my $200 risk. Right. And then that stop, I will raise that as it uh, hits the the levels that I previously identified. Hell yeah. Let's see the other trade. Uh, I made two more trades. I had AMC. I bought $38 calls at $1.15. Uh, I sold two fifths of that at $1.85. Um, that left me with about a $200 risk on the rest of the position and those expired worthless. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I was watching the BAM model and he kept talking about trying to hit that $40 vibration again. And I was like, you know what, uh, let's get all or nothing, bet. I'll just see if it hits or not. Um, by the time I realized it wasn't going to happen, there was like no value left in it. Also, there's really no point in trying to sell them. Because yeah. I would have just paid fees rather than actually collecting anything. Probably would have cost me money to sell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one I did is I picked up some triple Q puts. Uh, 358, 721 expiration, uh, $2.30 a contract. And I sold those about an hour before close at 250 a contract. So one win. Not much of a win, but it, you know, at this point I'll take anything. I closed those out, and this one was a little painful, but I didn't want to be holding them into the weekend. So once it was profitable, I said, fuck it, I'm taking this. Uh, and then, like, the shit you're not, like, five minutes afterwards, then the fucking move that I was waiting for finally happened. And, mm. yeah, lost out on probably 
30 to 50 percent gain on those so yeah all in all it was a really fucking rough week for me but uh yeah i don't even really want to talk about it anymore <laughs> okay well, <laughs> why don't you tell me about how great you did so that way i can feel uh, shame <laughs> right right oh it's all doom and gloom well let me brighten your day i i originally posted on the discord that uh i had five i made 10 options trades this week i actually made 11 i should say i, I closed made opened and closed 11 options trades mm-hmm. uh, i posted before i actually closed my last one and yeah i made on on the the make it out of 10 just uh just for the sake of being able to say out of 10 five five were successful like good profit great profit trade mm-hmm. two were break evens and three i i just missed on completely swinging a miss mm-hmm. and it was fantastic i mean i bought $40 AMC puts on Monday for $1.41. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I could have sold I should have sold half when they hit fucking over $6, but like an idiot, I was like, "Yep, I'm euphoric. It'll go it's at 6, why not 12?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it when it was back at 4 4 uh $4.51, I sold them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still did all right. <laughs> I still did just fine. That's actually my trade of the week. Two hundred twenty percent feels really good. And then uh, I had a, I really crushed it with Disney, but I, I, I had runners. So I, I uh, this is what I alluded to earlier. Uh, I was watching Disney right uh, as a bear. I'm like, oh, Disney's going to drop. Disney's going to drop. And we'd even talked about it with George. And I watched Disney break out of that channel but to the upside and went buy some calls, buy some calls. I was wrong. <laughs> Just buy the calls. So I bought some, uh, one, it, 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 it passed through 181 with really solid volume. It was look, it was gunning for 182. So I bought uh, $182 50 cent calls on Disney mm-hmm. and I managed to sell, uh, half of them for three dollars and 17 cents nice very nice so i already made i i left i left uh i left runners and already made a profit and the next day like it had dipped down and i was mm-hmm. like it's it didn't it didn't hit the level low enough like this is this isn't finished the run this is just that pullback of the market cycle and i bought some 100 uh 185 calls uh the next day at 75 cents sold half of them uh at a dollar 68 yeah yeah like uh and then of course disney finishes the week uh under 182 so uh i watched the runners that i thought i was so clever for keeping because it'll keep going up turn to dust in my hands and went, why didn't i sell them all uh, uh i did i did have a really really bad this uh i lost money on on uh space puts oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I lost money on space puts this week, ladies and gentlemen. Or, you know, let me just step off my high horse for a second and admit, I lost money on puts of a stock that went down like 10 points this week. Yeah, you sold the put, didn't you? No, I bought the put. Oh, you bought it. Oh, I thought you sold that put. No. Oh, how'd you lose money on that? <laughs> I bought it at $2.05. It was a space, a $30 put. And then, like, the moment I bought it, it turned around and started going up. I started to freak out. It was watching the shares go up. So I sold it and for all the wrong reasons and took a 20% loss. Man, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? And then I, I McDonald's broke an all-time high in all-time highs, and I bought some $240 calls, and it was a fake out. Mm-hmm. And it just dipped down. And so I bought those at 70 cents and I sold them at eight cents. Oof. <clears throat> that was painful. Well, all within risk parameters, though. Mm. Uh, I also bought some PayPal puts, uh, $297.50 puts uh, for $2.40. And I had several times where I could have sold those at a 10 to 30% profit. And I was like, no, that's not high enough. Oh yeah, I do that a lot. Today, uh, PayPal rallied and was like hanging out at two ninety seven fifty. I was like, you know what? Before the time <laughs> destroys this, I think I'll just get out at a dollar. 
But yeah, and then I lotto. The last thing I'll tell tell everybody about is I lotto Friday to Fubo F U B O. I meant I was uh, using Vico's training wheels. You can you can find him Victoria Trades on Twitter. I looked at his trading plan for the morning, and like he he had five symbols, and I and I managed before market open. I managed to pull up all their charts and give them a look, and I was like, oh, I like this Fubo. If it if it gets above. I forget what level I wrote it down. It was something like if it gets above this level, then I'm buying calls. So I did. I bought uh, twenty six dollar fifty cent calls when it got over twenty five thirty or or twenty five seventy or something. Yeah, I bought them at thirty five cents and I sold them all for at seventy cents. Nice, very nice. Yeah, so you had a hell of a week then. Yeah, you fucking crushed it. And that wasn't all of them, but that's all of them. I I don't need to keep going. No, uh, I did manage rub it to. In. <laughs> Right. I also managed to make some money on some shares in SOXS, uh, an ETF that is an inverse of the semiconductor industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bam Markets was talking about it and he was like, yeah, I bought some shares of this and I followed it like a week ago. Uh, And they they hit 15% gains on the share value. So I said, see ya. It feels good to me, which, you know, like when you're, when it's shares and it's 15%, that's, Oh, that feels amazing. That's right up there with that options trades of a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when, you, when you're, when you, when you're considering risk, right. like what I was risking versus what I gained, like, Oh yeah, that was a great trade. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm trying to stick with shares more. Except problem is you can't do that when you're shorting. Right. Cause I don't really don't want to be on the short end of anything. Yeah, no, no, buy put. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buy puts. Uh, let's see. Should, you got anything else to talk about? No, I think it's time we should talk about some earnings. Uh, I got earnings, and then I also have a, a watch list uh, that I want to throw out there of some swing trade ideas. All right. So we do earnings first. Let's do it. Music. My motto's always been when I'm right. Right, so I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way Sky rockets in sight Earnings call to light Earnings call to light uh, 19th, we've got IBM On the 20th, we've got Netflix 21st, Johnson & Johnson's, SAP, and Nucor. And then on the 22nd, we've got Intel, AT&T, Honeywell, Union Pacific, Snap, and Twitter. Snap is Snapchat. And then on the 23rd, we've got American Express, AXP. So really starting to get into some of those tech earnings next week. Hopefully that'll save the markets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wishful thinking. I know. <laughs> Real quick, just because the joke brought it up, there is danger in having a bias. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, you have to be able to watch what the market's actually doing and accept that whatever you wanted to happen isn't happening. That's how I made that money on Disney. Sorry to interrupt. I'll continue with your thing. No, I agree with you 100%. That's actually a good thing to, to talk about. That's kind of hard to get over, too, because when you spend so much time looking at certain tickers, you start to get, like, attached to them. Mm-hmm. They're like prospects for your favorite farm club, and you don't want to see them get traded away, or you don't want to see them fail. Yeah, you want to see them become all-stars. You almost take it personally when it goes against what you're thinking, but you can't, right? You got to be ready to play whatever it gives you. So so speaking of that, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six stocks that I've identified this past week that I'm watching for a move that I think are ready to move. Okay, let's hear them. Let's see, we've got uh, HZNP, VALE, BMY, Bristol Myers. Uh, CMCSA, I think that's Comcast, FTV, and LYV. All three of these are showing a really strong ascending triangle pattern. Three of them or six of them? Uh, six of them, sorry. Yeah, all these are showing really strong ascending triangle patterns. I've been watching Veil myself separately. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Oh, Shit. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's a good thing. Oh, I know, I know. It's yeah. just a, such a strong fucking triangle pattern going. So the only one of these that looks like it might have started its move is LYV, but it looks like it might have broke to the downside. 
So this weekend I'll be going through trying to draw where I think those support levels where the buyers will come in. Right now it looks like about 75 is where the first major zone, uh, support zone should pop up. I'll be watching these. You want to see them break through those patterns. So you know, on the top end you want to see it break. There's most They all have multiple points where they're kind of hitting the same level and kind of falling off from there. You want to see it bust through that top with volume. Catch it when it kind of pulls back to that because support becomes resistance, and then that's where your entry point should be. Uh, if it falls out the bottom, then you want to be looking for the opportunity on that side too. Yeah. So I think all six of these have they're showing like they're they're ready to go. They're they're getting squeezed into the point of that ascending triangle, and uh, something's going to happen here soon. We we could we could spend twenty minutes talking about LYB. I know, and then trying not to yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to spend too much time talking about all these. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I, like I said, Vale's on my list. Are they on your uh, your momentum list? No, 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 no. On my watch list and trading view. Like I have, I have a, I set alerts now. That that really helps me. Oh yeah, I actually set them on my Weeble, so it's on my phone. Yeah, I actually I have HZMP because because you you pointed it out. Uh, I have an alert for when it crosses ninety seven thirty, and I have an alert on Vale. When it crosses twenty three dollars eleven cents. Uh, you know, I've got trading view up while the market's open, and it it puts an alert on every window. Hey, Vale just crossed twenty three eleven. All I do is click Vale, and its chart comes up, so I can see how much volume is there. Nice. And then then it's like, okay, that's yeah, time to get it. But it's and and but I have to. I'm I'm at the point where I realize I can only watch ten stocks at a time, right? Because the level of trading view I have only gives me twenty alerts. And I need an alert for a high level and a low level. Uh, you can set alerts on TD Ameritrade, too. Mm. I don't think Weeble has limits. At least I haven't seen them yet. But with Weeble, you can also specify the volume. So like, I can look at where the average volume is and say, okay, if it crosses that number and crosses this price threshold, I want to know. What's your, your time frame? For measuring the volume uh, i think it's just on the daily so when it hits that daily volume but i think it'll give you an alert on because it gave me one for the volume on um lyv but it didn't give me the price alert so i think it'll give you one or it'll give you both of them yeah okay uh, i'll have to play around with it some more but yeah i think it's got i, th- I like it because it's on my phone so if i'm out doing something else then at least i don't miss something if i'm not sitting on my computer yeah do you have any momentum stocks i do have some stuff on the momentum list Let's hear them. Market watchers will be shocked, shocked to learn Moderna hit three, ended Friday with three new 52-week highs in a row. Were you, were you following Moderna at all this week? No, not at all. What happened? They got added to the Russell, I think it was. Ah, okay. Uh, they got added to an index, and yeah. their, pri- their stock was at like 250, and now it's like 290. Oh, wow. Shit, wish I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, they they had a rocket ship to the moon this week for sure. No yeah, oh shit. Pepsi post yeah. earnings decided yeah. to make a run. <laughs> it ended Friday with four in a row. Uh, and I think just despite you personally, Kyle, yeah, I'm glad I sold most of the. I sold out all except for one, just to say I was still in it because I thought it was going to go down. Mm-hmm. So I only lost on that one put, but still. Okay. It really spited me. Just like everything else this week. <laughs> the one thing I play with uh, the downside, and <laughs> it's the one that goes up. It was the only thing on my fucking watch list that went up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Amazing. So yeah, I think my plan going forward is just going to be to buy puts when I want to buy calls and buy calls when I want to buy puts. I'll just do the opposite of what I think I should do. There you go. You ride that. <laughs> if, as long as you're consistent. Yeah, right. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, the last one that I wanted to mention was Well Tower Incorporated. Mm-hmm. This company had hit uh, five in a row on Wednesday. They missed Thursday, but they're back on Friday. Mm. Uh, when you pull, when I pull up their chart, I see they are they're like right at that level of pan- pre-pandemic. Like they've just gotten back to it. And I don't know if it's going to go up or down from that level, but like it's touching it. So Hmm. I got my eye on this sucker to, uh, you know, the earning, they've got fucking earnings in on the 29th of July. So they might, 
it might have that extra earnings pricing in. They are a real estate company. Real estate has uh, been doing quite well lately. Yeah, finance real. They're they're an REIT. So oh, okay, they're they they closed at eighty nine sixty eight, and they're yeah they're high pre pandemic, right before the pandemic, I should say. They're nineteen February nineteenth, twenty twenty. They were to eighty nine seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the high the high was was in October twenty nineteen. Is at ninety two ninety nine. So like they're like right up at their tippy top again. I'm 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 keeping a strong eye on them to see some volume come out, and I might make a trade this week to ride that wave. All right, or the wave down, or the rejection of the top. You know, one or the it's other. It's going to do either. Yeah, <laughs> but that 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 concludes my momentum list. Should we uh, should we move on to some crypto? Yeah, let's talk about some crypto. Oh wait, we don't have a Ghostbusters theme. No, we don't. Crypto traders. <laughs> we ain't afraid of no coins. All right. Kyle, did you come across anything interesting in uh, crypto this week? Um, I thought I did, but now I don't remember. I think I had the same thing you did. Powell, in one of his talks this week, was during a two-day congressional hearing, Fed Chief Powell. Yeah, yeah, yes. was talking about uh, switching the U.S., Giving the U.S. a digital currency, making a digital dollar. He said that uh, if if we were a digital, if we had a digital dollar, there'd be no need for Bitcoin. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> okay. And and All right. and they took. They also pointed out uh, that stable coins were a specific subset. Uh, they're they're like they're saying that they're risky and 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 we need the digital dollar to replace them. I don't understand. Does he know what Bitcoin is? Um, no. Does he know what cryptos are? Does he understand like the whole point of it? Yeah. <laughs> to not be tied to, you know, the federal government or any government? Does the term DeFi mean anything to him? Well, I don't know. Some of those stable coins are tied to the dollar. So it's like it definitely has a space. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, they're not going to replace them by saying like, well, here's the U.S.'s version. <laughs> you can now stop trading all the rest of them. I think you'd get you get all the people who are contrarians will cling to the crypto coins and you'll get people that like they're like, oh, it's a crypto coin, but it's safe. So I think you'll get a people that eat up like candy. I'm sure they would. But also, OK, so you also talked about digital dollar. I think the this might be a decent poll question here. Who is still using cash? Are you still using cash? No. The only time I get cash is to pay specific bills that require cash. Like anytime I got to buy weed. Yeah. Like, like one, once a month I, uh, when I cash my check, I actually get some cash back because, uh, you know, marijuana companies can't use banks. So yeah. I have to. Oh, that's actually, <laughs> so if the, if the currency goes digital, does that mean that marijuana companies are going to have to go out of business? Oh, cause people can't, well, you, you, well, if it goes digital, you supposedly, you'll still be able to, use it like cash, hmm. right? If it's digital cash, then anybody can accept it and exchange it for anything. I'm not sure how that works. All, all, all debts, public and private. Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, yeah. I don't use cash anymore. I keep some on me just as like an emergency, but mm-hmm. uh, I know my dad is huge with cash. He gets mad at me whenever he goes somewhere and I don't have any actual cash on me. It's like, why would I carry that? Oh. <laughs> One, if I get robbed, you know, like, I can at least cancel my cards before anybody has a chance to spend it. I can't cancel a $20 bill. Oh, and a credit card, you can get charges reversed. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes more sense to carry, you know, only keep a little bit in case you need it. You know, something happens to your card or whatever. But, yeah, to me, it doesn't make any sense to carry cash anymore. And I haven't carried cash for a long time. Yeah. I think that makes a good poll question. I think we should ask everybody out there, do you still carry cash? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Yes, no. What is cash? <laughs> yeah. Are we <laughs> It's like a rotary phone, huh? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. Are we old now because <laughs> we know what cash is? The only thing I would miss about going completely digital is coin hunting. I do enjoy looking for nickels. <laughs> oh, yeah, the ones that have value. Yeah. Well, they're they're just fun. Do you have any other stories for crypto? I thought you had one other thing. I do. I have one other quick thing that that we, we I think we both found pretty interesting. Uh, the Ethereum co-founder, Andy D. 
Uh, he's an Ethereum Network co-founder. He's leaving the cryptocurrency world because he's leaving the cryptocurrency world. They say because of personal safety concerns. He he says he's had to have a full-time security team since 2017, huh. and he wants to sell off his stakes in his venture capital stuff, like Decentral Incorporated, and just focus on philanthropy and other non-crypto-related ventures that won't get him any notoriety. So he's already made his money. Yeah. It's not like he just, like, oh, I don't, I'm not part of the company anymore. <laughs> don't try to kidnap me. Uh, right. <laughs> don't, right. don't work like that <laughs> unless you give away all your money yeah that's true i don't know I, I, God, people are fucking weird well here's the thing if it wasn't for this story i wouldn't know who he is i know that's uh, yes wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup but the story has a big picture of him sitting oh, cross-legged yeah. on an empty room like looking off to an angle with sunglasses and a ball cap you know inside Let's see, that sounds like somebody trying to stoke their ego. All right, then I'm going to bleep his name. Nobody knows who I am, so I'll go and tell people I'm quitting because it's not safe for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, people are fucking weird. All right. Well, then, folks, I suppose it's time to slap on, motherfucker. Pew, pew. Uh, Kyle, my good for the week has 100% hands down my options win ratio. Yeah, I better be your good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's we're, we're we're putting putting that one up just right there. No, no need to no. pontificate. No, uh, I had a hard time finding a good, and uh, think I think uh, have to go with finishing the foundations course. Yes, got my certificate printed out, sitting on the wall above my monitor. So now, anytime I'm not taking a small profit, I can look up and see that. And be like, ah, ah, nope. Trade pros take profits. Yes, trade pros take profits. <laughs> what was your bad? Oh, my bad was not selling half of my AMC puts when they were like over 400%. Mm, yeah. That that was pretty bad. Because like you just said, trade pros take profits. You got to be able to do it in any circumstance. Right. And I, and, 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 and I mean, I could have sold half of them and still had the runner. Yep. And I just didn't. I just didn't because I was greedy because I, I fucking thought, oh, yeah, it's sick. It'll get to 12 maybe. It'll just keep going. <laughs> what was your bad? Panic holding space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to top it all off, now I got an extra 100 shares. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, not shit. have the cash to buy that back? Uh, I didn't want to. I mean, yeah, I could have, but I, I still think it's going to go back up, uh, especially once they announce another test flight. I may be stuck holding them for another you know month and a half, but I've been down this road before. So, well, you know, just do me a favor and take some profits when it's up next time. Oh, 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 um, I've been selling like cover calls on this thing for like the last, I don't know how long, like based on that and like some of the price entries I got, even though it's down significantly, um, I think I'm still at the very least break even, if not ahead, still by a decent margin. Okay. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me was just watching the value just evaporate off of it, right? Yeah. And then just having too much of a position in it. So I probably really should just sell some of them off and just eat uh, what would be the loss on that put that I sold. But uh, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the weekend to think about it and reevaluate it in the morning. Well, as long as you're still within risk management parameters, I assume it should be okay. That's kind of hard because this is part of my, this isn't part of my risk management. Okay. How do you, I have so many different strategies going on right now. I've got two main ones, right? I've got the one where I'm, Trying to generate income by selling cover calls and cash-secured puts, right? Mm-hmm. The wheel. So that one has capital assigned to it. There's no real strategy with that other than just I'll just sell them the calls, the strike prices I'm picking. I'm trying to pick at points where the entries are below where I see supports on it and the exits are above the price that I paid to get it. So I may generate a little less because I have to pick a higher strike price than where it's at. But as long as I stick with that, then I'm not losing money on the shares. Okay. And then as far as the swing trading goes, I have a separate account with, you know, 10 grand set aside for that to where I'm applying all the lessons that I've learned from Trade Pro Academy, trying to learn how to swing trade and do a lot more active style. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. So what was your ugly? 
oh, not selling my McDonald's calls, my MCD calls. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I bought them and when they hit all time highs, so I was really confident. I was doing so well on, on all my other signals and everything. And and I bought them and it, the volume just disappeared and it just started dropping. And I thought, mm. no, I'm right. The market's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And I didn't get out until it was well past too late. Yeah. Uh, and I could have really limited those losses if I just accepted McDonald's uh, wasn't doing what I thought it was going to do. It was a fake breakout. It was a fake out. Uh, but I didn't accept that uh, until it was too late. So it's very ugly. Uh, mine was my portfolio for this week. <laughs> uh, and not necessarily the, the losses that, well, they're not even real losses at this point. It's just watching the value shrink as the market goes to shit on a lot of my longs. Uh, but it's it's more the mindset that it puts me in. And it's really hard to watch that number just fucking drop, drop, drop. Yeah. And then still try to make rational decisions. So, I I mean, that's why I did so little this week, is that I knew I wasn't thinking clearly. I had to limit, you know, not go chasing left or losses, real or perceived. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was my ugly. Shit market put me in a shit mind. <laughs> <laughs> and if I had some puts, then I could at least have been happy about that. Yeah, I bought more puts this week than I normally do in my life. Not get this over with. I'm sorry. Let's do the bet. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Kyle, that is your real name. It is. Um, <laughs> good, because that's what I've been calling you for years. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was eyeing that W-E-L-L. Oh, the one from your, yeah. You know, uh, it's just been, it's just been on a tear. And, and it's real estate, and I don't think real estate's, I don't think people are getting scared out of real estate like like they might other companies. I don't know. I like it, but but uh, but ultimately, I I'm, I'm a bear for next week, and I am my stock pick is not going to be W E L L. My stock pick is going to be S O X S. Oh, you're going back to the well. You're gonna ride it again. I made money on it this week personally, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I may, I, mean. I may have moved. I moved out of my uh, own portfolio. Yeah, I sold it off today after market to not ride it over the weekend. Uh, but after free free market bounce back, uh, in fact, I'm gonna say I'm gonna buy SOXS at 9:30 on Monday morning. <laughs> no, that's just silly. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just figured the week is gonna be bad for tech, so I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna get X, SOXS at the open, and I'm gonna sell it if it drops below. Yeah, I'll sell it if it drops below 770. 770. SOXS. Okay. Well, you're going bear. That's not fair. You, there's <laughs> a lot of inverse funds out there that you can pick. No, I thought you were going to pick the one that I've been eyeballing, which is Vale. I think that's the pick oh, I want to go with. Yeah. I like this consolidation pattern it's in. It's bounced up against this 2290 ish. One, two, three, four, five, six. A lot of times, <laughs> uh, it's coming down the into, on the daily. Yeah, it's coming down. Hope it'll bounce off of that thirty-four fifty EMA cloud. But yeah, I think I'm gonna buy that. Buy that, and we'll set a stop loss at twenty-one dollars. Yeah, no, that's solid. And that's solid. And this do... is one I very much am watching. And then if if you're looking at my screen right now, uh, I've got a blue line at twenty three eleven and a blue line at twenty one nineteen. And if it crosses either of those with volume, I'm making a bet. <laughs> I'm buying some options. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on my list to try to make a move on it. I don't think I would normally buy it yet, but no, for the bet. For the bet, yeah. All right, so stop loss at twenty one, and then we'll uh, we'll take profit at how about twenty four and twenty four sixty. Half at one, half at the other. 
Wow, I think that sucker's going to get to 27. Uh, yeah, I just want to grab it at the... I did a Fibonacci uh, extension. That's uh, roughly at the 0.382 and the 0.618 marks. Where did you draw the Fibonacci from? I did it from the consolidation pattern, not from the base of the move. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. interesting. Um, you know, maybe... Hang on, let me redo that. All right, 24... Take profit at half at 24.50. Let the rest run. There you go. I ain't taking no fucking profits. I'm letting it run. Baller. New bet picks from Kyle and Dan. We got a random on deck. Okay, snow. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a big one. Good job, Dan. Good job. That's a big one. Well. That's a stock that can move. It is a stock that can move. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Oh, God damn it. And it's, <laughs> it's RSI is like right at 50. <laughs> <laughs> Could go either way. Had a nice jump not too long ago and then tapered down, but volume's been falling as it's been dropping. Nice little doji. I, I like it because it, it, it hit, that, uh, hit that ceiling and it's just bounced right back down. So now it's got to try and catch support at 236. That looks like a pretty strong support there, though. Yeah, I should probably start watching snow. <laughs> yeah, that's one of Vico's favorites. All right, Dan, play us home. All right, folks, thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode. There, you got some exciting bet picks from me, Kyle, and even Random got a really exciting one this week. Not too thrilled about it, but no. you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it winds up. We really appreciate you joining us. We will be back at you pretty soon here. Uh, until then, stay safe. Don't don't. Uh, don't wander around Wall Street alone. Go in groups of friends. It's part of what the China shop's trying to do. It's a very dangerous place, Wall Street. Very dangerous. Uh, but until next time, folks, uh, happy trades. Bye, folks. <laughs> God, oh, just love dragging those endings out. Yep. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I forgot to say like and share. Oh, yeah, all that shit. Block it. Like it, yeah. share it, tell your friends. Please. <laughs> you know the spiel. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.